Come on. Don't be, don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of it. Like that. Um, man, it's good to be with you guys. This is the first time I heard that too. So, you know, we all, we all get to do this together. So, um, thank you, Ben, for working on stuff like that in the background. Um, we, uh, uh, I've started a new series today, uh, called Not Condemned. And, uh, we are going to walk through together, uh, over the next many weeks. Uh, the chapter, uh, uh is just, I, I don't know, one of the most amazing chapters in all of scripture, in my opinion. Uh, I love this chapter. Uh, it, uh, I had, I had actually thought about, you know, what would it look like to do something like this? We were in a staff meeting and then I, I told everybody that I was kind of doing my usual like fight to figure out what is it that the Lord wants us to, to do next and that kind of thing. And, and, uh, somebody brought it up and I was like, okay, let's do that. You know, I was like, I, you know, I've kind of feel, I kind of feel like when it's something that I love so much that it's like cheating on my part. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but, uh, uh, anyway, and I don't say that to say that I'm the expert on it either, because uh, uh, I, the Lord has already spoken to my heart about so much, even just uh, in preparing for week one. So i uh, just excited to get to go through it with you, and I, I hope that it's fruitful in your life and, uh, and in your home. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll do that together. If you've, got a, if you've got a Bible and you want to go ahead and get it out, uh, we're going to the book of Romans. Uh, and, uh, if, uh, you don't have a Bible, our ushers have Bibles, they'll be glad to share one with you. And, uh, if you need it, and, uh, if you don't own one, uh, then, uh, you can, uh, keep that one. We'd love for you to take it home with you and just, uh, call it yours. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's the thing. We've pushed all the chairs together too. Look at that. You know, you guys are, you got to like be near people again, you know? So that's kind of nice. Uh, I know some of you probably don't think it is. Some of you introverts are like, you know, staring, give, giving people the mean mug and stuff when they come looking at your row, you know. <clears throat> oh man, we uh, uh, how blessed we are! How blessed! What a blessing last week was! Uh, just an amazing week together. Thirty-something uh, people baptized, and uh, just just really a great a great morning uh, of worship together. Uh, through doing that, um, I, I, I'm gonna say this: I, if you if you missed last week, you missed something really special. Uh, and I don't say that to make you feel guilty about it. I just uh, just saying, uh, in the future, if if you get a chance to be a part of that, uh, even if it's a bystander worshiping the Lord, uh, greater are the worship services that look like that than what we might have in here. Uh, and uh, I'm I'm so so excited about what God's doing and. Uh, moving in people's lives. We've had several people come to know the Lord over the last couple of months. Uh, just, uh, man, just excited for them and uh, still still have people having conversations. Um, supposed to have even conversations today and, uh, you know, just, just excited about all those things. So, uh, well, let's, uh, let's jump into this. Um, you know, this passage of Scripture uh, is, uh, is, can be, uh, it can be a heavy passage of scripture, but it also can be a very freeing passage of scripture once you come to an understanding of what it's talking about and what it means. Um, and I hope that you can walk away, uh, today with even just a little bit of, you know, what God is wanting to do, uh, in our lives and what he's already done with the work that he has done, uh, through Jesus. Uh, you know, I, I think for all of us, we can all, Probably say I think it's safe to say that all of us, uh, you know, have personal battles with sin. 
you know, and, and it's one of those things that as a believer, if you're a Christian, uh, you know, I, I, first of all, I think, there's a, I think there's a misnomer. There's people out there that probably still believe uh, that if you're a Christian, then you don't sin anymore or you don't think you sin anymore. <laughs> uh, and, and that's not true. Uh, we still struggle with sin, but we are free from sin. So I, want, I want you to understand there's, there's, that's, that's two different things. We struggle with it, but we are actually free from it. Uh, and part of what we're talking about today is being able to truthfully be free from it and live free from it. Uh, I think uh, if you're a believer, hopefully you know this, but if not, you're going to hear it a little bit today. Uh, you know, what Jesus did freed us from sin, okay? Uh, you know, the, the chains are gone. There's no more, you know, being held to this thing. We're not married to these things. Now, Satan would love for us to believe that that's not true. He would love for us to believe that we will forever, you know, struggle with this sin or this sin will always, you know, hold us at bay or, you know, whatever it may be. And the truth is, is that's, you know, that's not the way it, it works. Uh, you know, Jesus has fought. He died on the cross, gave his life. We'll talk about that more in a minute. And, you know, if you're like me and you're a believer, you know, uh, you just look at yourself sometimes and think, why in the world did I just do that? You know, I've, I've, had, I've had a few instances even just in the last few months where I just look at something I did and go, I, I must be just, as I get older, just being, the, you know, more of an idiot every day is kind of what I feel like sometimes. It's like, why, you know, why would I say that to that person? Why would I do that? Um, you know, and so it's this reminder for us, you know, that, you know, we still need God's grace, okay? But we need to be reminded of the gospel. And for us to, to look today even in just four verses uh, of the beginning of Romans 8, uh, you know, in these four verses, we see the beginnings of Paul trying to help folks understand as he's teaching through what it looks like to be free from sin. Now, before Paul gets to chapter 8, we have a chapter 7, okay? And so to, to kind of give us some, some solid ground of understanding, you know, kind of where Paul is coming from here, uh, we have Romans chapter 7, and we have Paul actually talking about this very thing. We have him talking about how he struggles with his sin and that he does, you know, the things that he wishes he didn't do. He, he does these things that he hates. In fact, I want to share that with you. We're not going to talk about it at great length, but I just want you to see it. I want you to know where it's at so you can go back in Scripture uh, to always be able to find it, but Romans chapter 7, verse 15, and he says this. It says, For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now verse 20. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So he's talking about this fight that we have with sin, you know, and he's, he's talking about just how hard it is to, 
you know, fight against. And I, and I think that's good for us to hear. I think sometimes we can take somebody like Paul and elevate them to the stratospheres like this super Christian that has it all together and has got it all figured out. By the way, that does not exist, okay? Uh, there is no stratosphere, super Christian, whatever. Yes, we will meet people in our lives, and hopefully you have some of them pouring into your life uh, that are uh, wise in the faith, who love Jesus, who love you, and you get to see that lived out in a genuine, real way. I hope that that's true for your life. I hope that God uses you to be that person in others' lives as time goes on and you're not like me where you feel like uh, the older you get, the you know, the less grace, the less grace you have sometimes, or, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, but that, but that God is truly changing us as we go and helping us in the fight against our sin. Now, you know, there's, there's, we're going to go ahead and jump into Romans eight here in just a second. You know, I think for us to understand that, I think we've got to be open to hearing from the Lord. And, and that means pursuing him, truly pursuing him. And so a question that I have for you today is, what does it look like on your day-to-day for you to pursue the Lord? What does that look like? You know, and, 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 and you may go, Chris, I don't know if I'm really doing that. Well, I just let me encourage you. I don't, want, I don't want you to feel beat up here. It's not the point. The point here is to encourage folks toward the Lord, okay, and, and as we're doing that, I want you to be thinking about what's, what could it look like, even just this week, even just today, after you leave here, what could it look like for you to begin walking in a journey where you are pursuing the Lord and a relationship with Him? I'm not talking about just coming to Jesus. I'm talking about, you know, pursuing a relationship, a one-on-one, like talking to the Lord, praying, spending time in His Word. You know, maybe you listen to... Listen to people. We, you know, we have a whole list of people that we recommend people to listen to. There's plenty of wackos out there too. Um, you know, listen to people who teach the scripture as truth. Okay, and don't use it as like some you know opinion thing, right? So l- let's jump into this. Romans chapter eight. In Romans chapter eight, I want to read the four verses, and then we're gonna we're gonna break them down, and we're gonna talk about them together. Okay, Romans eight verse one. It says this. It says there is. Therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Okay. So this passage is full. It's so full of stuff. Uh, And I'm just praying this morning that I can be a part of doing it justice and that God will speak through me. And that's been my prayer uh, all week. Um, but in verse one, we have this first verse and it says this, it says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now the therefore part of that is pointing back and it's pointing back at some of the things happening, I think in Romans chapter seven, uh, and truthfully before that as well within 
the, the, the letter, the book that was written that we know as Romans. But it says this in Romans 7, 6, and I want you to check this out with me. In Romans 7, 6, as he's pointing back into chapter 7, it says, but now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. So let's talk about this. Let's look at this. First of all, we've got, we've got a lot of words, okay? And we've got a lot of words. We've got some words here that we don't use a whole lot. We're going to talk about some of those. I want everybody to understand where we're going with this. But he says, we're going, we're going to bounce back and forth between Romans 8, 1 and Romans 7, 6 here for a minute. But in Romans 8, 1, it says, but there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, no condemnation to be more helpful, the name of the series is not condemned. Okay. And so the, the whole idea, you know, we've got, we've got the, we've got the condemned, but it's got the line through it. Think about the Ghostbusters symbol. Okay. We good with that? I ain't afraid of no ghost, right? In fact, we're looking for a ghost here in, in this before it's over with, but, uh, and that's the holy one, just to be clear, it's not Slimer. Okay. Uh, but, in this passage, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's, there's a couple things, and one of the things ties these two verses together, and it is the use of the word now, okay? If you look at it, you see there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So for those that are not, uh, those that are in Christ Jesus are not condemned, okay? They are not condemned. Why? Because Jesus has paid the price, Jesus paid the debt, but, but he's even being more clear to help us to understand that this is a, this is a work that was just done, you know, and he's saying, therefore, now, so therefore, pointing backwards to, you know, some of these things in chapter seven, and he says, but now, he says, therefore, now, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, now, not condemned, for those who are in Christ Jesus. Verse seven, uh, verse 6 of chapter 7 says, again, but now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive so that we may serve in a new way of the Spirit and not in an old way of the written code. This is an understanding for us that is so important that we are no longer slaves to the rules of the law, Okay? that Jesus came to fulfill the law, right? The law being, you know, the Mosaic law. This is, you know, go easy on us here, Ten Commandments, thou shalt not, you know, and you got ten of those things, right? Well, who in here has ever kept all of those things? Please don't raise your hand, okay? You'll look really silly. Uh, we, none of us, none of us in here have kept all those things. And, you're, and right now you might be going back, if you're not very familiar like thinking about going, well, I mean, isn't that like a list of like not to murder or not to do this? I don't, I haven't done that. Well, you know, maybe you haven't done that, but you know, there's, there's something on the list you've done. Okay. I promise you yesterday. Okay. You did one of those things yesterday. You'll do another one of those things again today, more than likely. Um, and so, you know, for us to understand that the way the law was written is that you had to keep the law in order to be right in the eyes of God. Well, what would happen? There was this, you know, back and forth of like, you know, well, you're doing good. You feel like you're doing real good. And then along comes, you know, something happening. And, you know, uh, next thing you know is, you know, you're having a bad thought, right? 
you're doing something that you didn't mean to do. And all of a sudden you're, you're faced with that and it's like, oh no, I've, I've, you know, I've broken the law. What am I going to do now? Jesus came and fulfilled the law. Jesus came and fulfilled the law on our behalves. Here's the truth. We couldn't do that. We could not fulfill the law. We needed Jesus to do this. We desperately needed him to do this. In fact, Romans 7.24 goes on here and it says, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. So again, he's pointing back to this understanding of what Christ has done to free us from the law. And then uh, if you go back to verse 6 there, you know he's talking about that we serve in a new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written co code. And it's this understanding that we have the Holy Spirit living within us, guiding us, helping us through this life. If we know Jesus, if we have believed in him to be our Savior. Okay, And so all of this together makes for this gift in which God gave us that Jesus talks about the second that he leaves earth as we know it to go back and be with the Father. And he says, I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit with you. You know? And because what? The disciples are all freaked out. They're like, Jesus, you can't, you can't leave us. We're just starting to kind of understand some of these things. And you're going to take off. And he's like... I got you. I'll still be with you, and I'm leaving you the Holy Spirit. And so what we have here is we have this gift from the Lord that helps guide us in following Him and understanding His Scriptures, all of these things that we desperately need, but also to help us fight sin. And so you go back to that, and you start thinking about that, and you start thinking about what Paul was saying here, and, and you know, now we've studied know, what feels like half the chapter of seven, but it's not. Uh, you know, we, we have this understanding that Paul, even Paul, who had this understanding, was struggling with not sinning. Just like us. And just like us, the Holy Spirit lived in him, just like he lives in us, guided him, just like he guides us and, and that's a lot if you know we'll let him you know if we're not trying to do it our own way and what we have here is we have paul celebrating the work of christ overcoming his sin and laying the foundation for what he's about to share to us starting with this idea of life lived in the spirit back to romans 8 verse 1 there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is a great thing. This is a super great thing. That we're not condemned if we know Christ. Right? Let's say you're here and that you don't know Christ. Let's say you're here and you've never believed in Jesus. I want you to know something. God sent Jesus to die for all of us that for anybody that would believe in him and trust in him, that they too could be saved. You today could be saved from your sin in your life. Doesn't matter what your past looks like, okay? 
that Jesus died on the cross. We're going to talk about this a little more here in a minute. That he died on the cross and paid the penalty that was owed, the debt that was owed for our sin, that we might be saved if we trust in him. Those in Christ are not condemned. Free from any debt or penalty. Free from any debt or penalty. You got any debts today? I just signed up for a new one. Oh, I hadn't had a car payment since I was 25 years old. And that is by the grace of the Lord that that is true. And the help of my parents, just to be real honest with you. Um, I got no shame in my game, okay? It is great to be the only child. For the rest of you, sorry, suckers. So, but uh, yeah, you know, debt is one of those things. Is, I mean, you know, when we got a debt, we got to pay it. And it's like hanging there, right? It's hanging there. The meaning of no condemnation, that we are not condemned here, is that we are free from any debt or any penalty, but specifically according to our sin. Because we also understand that according to our sin, that the penalty is death. And so our, our sin deserves death, but Jesus took that death on our behalf that we might have life, right? Isn't that good? And I hear that word condemned, you know? I hear that word condemned, and I immediately I think about, you know, places that look like they're going to be torn down. You know, I, 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 I don't know about you, but I love watching these videos of people, you know, trespassing on other people's properties. I know it's not a good thing, probably. Uh, but, you know, like going into like these old abandoned houses and factories and just seeing all this cool stuff. And, uh, you know, and, and I have not necessarily been trespassing, but uh, uh, I, I have personally gotten to go into some places that are kind of like that over the years, especially for my side business. And I remember years ago, you know, I went I went into one of these places and, uh, you know, it, it was not safe. It was not a safe place. And, and to, to go along with that, uh, it felt, I, there was just, there were a lot of things about the whole situation, the people that I was dealing with and everything. And it was far away, so it's not close by or anything. But uh, all, all of it felt shady. I mean, just every bit of it felt just, oh, I don't know about this. Like, and, and I made this, I really, I made a mistake, honestly. I went alone, and I was a couple hours away, and I, I'm literally back into the woods. I hear the banjos playing. I mean, it's, it's not the best situation. And in the midst of this, I get to this huge building, huge building. I mean, just massive place. And it is chock full of the stuff that we deal with for my side business. And I go into this place, and again, guys working with, a little shady, I don't know, not too sure, I'm by myself, I get there, no cell phone coverage, right, of course, right, and, uh, and then we get into this thing, and it feels like we're breaking in to get into this building, I, you know, he's like, oh, don't, don't worry about, you know, the signs, you know, just come on, and I'm like, okay, I mean, you don't just have like a key, you know, we can just unlock that, well, I can't find it, okay, yeah, of course you can, all right, here we go. And so, and then I, you know, I'm, I've made this trip, and so I've got to spend some time like doing my due diligence. I'm like, 
writing everything down. I don't know why I wasn't just taking pictures. I think the phone was starting to die or something. But anyway, uh, just from walking through with a flashlight, because also there was no electricity. And it was like, I remember it's on a Friday, middle of the day, but then a storm moved in. And it got so dark in that place. And I, and I just I started having these thoughts of like, you know, this guy, if he wants to do me in, he could just totally, you know, kill me and throw me in the back of one of these things. And I'll be here for the rest of eternity, probably. I don't know. You know, but it, it was not safe, right? And I think for us to know and understand that that word condemned brings with it this idea of a lack of safety. That it's not safe. But it's even bigger still. Because it's free from any debt or any penalty that we may have for our sin because Jesus has already paid it. Therefore, those of us who believed in Jesus have been set free by the work of Christ. His life, His death, His resurrection, forever we've been set free. We've been set free. I, just, I, I think for so many of us, we hear that, but we don't let it land really in our lives where we are at a place where we really believe that we're free from that sin. You are. If Jesus is your Savior, you are free from that sin. Don't believe the lie for a second that you're not. Will you struggle with it maybe? Will there still be a tenant? Yeah, could be. But He's already won victory over it, and you have the ability to walk away from it because of the Holy Spirit. Another piece of this I think that's important for us to say is that we don't bounce back and forth in our lives due to sin coming and going. We don't, we don't lose what God has done. He's done it, and He's done it forever. We don't, have, we don't lose it and then regain it. Jesus died one time for all, right? Like His salvation is that amazingly good that it covers the sin of our past, the sin of our present, and even the sin of our future. Now, Paul gets, he, he's got a high horse, and we'll talk about it another time. Plenty about, you know, that it's, that's not just like the keys of just like, well, here, just go sin all you want and do whatever you want to. No, I, if we're doing that, then our hearts are not in the right place. And likely we don't know Jesus, okay? Our sin should break our hearts. Our sin should find conviction because the Holy Spirit lives within us and points out to us, hey, you wronged that person. Hey, you did this thing. You shouldn't have done that. You know, these different things, whatever they are. I want to read this uh, quote, if I may, from uh, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. And it says this. It says, The difference between an unbeliever sinning and a Christian sinning is the difference between a man transgressing the laws of the state and a husband who has done something he should not do in his relationship with his wife. He is not breaking the law. He is wounding the heart of his wife. 
That is the difference. It is no longer a legal matter. It is a matter of personal relationship and love. The man does not cease to be the husband legally. Law does not come into the matter at all. In a sense, it is now something much worse than a legal condemnation. And I totally agree with this, by the way. I would rather offend against the law of the land objectively outside of me than hurt someone whom I love. You have sinned, of course, but you have sinned against love. You may and you should feel ashamed, but you should not feel condemnation because to do so is to put yourself back under the law. So we feel conviction for our sin, right? That's okay. That's all right. That's the Holy Spirit working in our hearts. We feel that conviction, and what's it do? Does it drive us to our knees and put us into a deep depression and we go crying for a week about it? No, we don't. We recognize that Jesus has already paid the price for it. We feel convicted by it. If we have offended someone else, we do what we can to, uh, you know, ask for forgiveness and repent, right? If it's just against the Lord himself, you know, repentance is a great thing in prayer. But let me, let me help us to understand something. It's not a bouncing back out of our salvation. Oh, no, I've got to go ask Jesus to save me again. No. No. Verse 2. Verse 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. May I say these three words, set you free, set you free. Jesus has delivered us from our sin. We are no longer slaves. Tell Satan to stick it where the sun don't shine. Set you free. Set you free. Set me free. Verse 1 takes care of the legal ramifications, talking about satisfying the law. But verse 2 is something entirely different. It is about us being delivered from its power. That the power of sin no longer has that power over us. And I don't know about you, but that's the news that I need to be reminded of on the daily. And if you are with Jesus, you have been set free. That's really good. Verse 3, it goes on. It says, For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh. We all, we all know. Uh, well, I think most of us know at this point, God made a way. In fact, God didn't just make a way. God knew this would be the way from the beginning. Okay? Like, go back, Genesis 1, you know, that he would crush the head of the serpent, you know, all of that. All foretelling of what would happen. The Lord knew. He knows because he's God, right? 
and that God would make a way, and that this was always the plan. He knew we would need help. We could never in our flesh keep the law. We've already talked about that, right? But there is one person who could, and his name is Jesus. And he kept the law. He lived a sinless life. But not only that, he gave up his life for us. Him being sinless is what makes him the perfect sacrifice for our sin. He did what we could not do, and then on top of that, gave his life that he would take on the death that we deserve on that cross. And not only that, would raise again three days later, just as all the prophecies said he would. So look at what it says. The law weakened by the flesh could not do. It's talking about us. It's talking about how, how we, you know, in the flesh could never keep the law. It's impossible. And so, as it says that he was sent, that he sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Do you, do you see what he did there? Do you see what he did there? He took the thing, the flesh, that we already had, and he beat it with the flesh of his own son. He did absolutely what we could not do. God took what ruined it, the flesh, and used his own son in the flesh to defeat it. This pays the debt of our sins. The death of Jesus defeats sin legally by paying the debt. Now comes the Spirit. Ready for this? Verse 4. It says, In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. There's a word there that I want to point out. It's the word fulfilled. It's amazing to me any time that I study God's Word and I find a piece where God has chosen for us to be a part of the process. And here is a place where God has chosen for us to be a part of the process. He, now, look, don't get me wrong. He's the one doing all the work, okay? We're not, doing any, we're not doing the work here. The Lord is doing the work in us, right? But it says that he fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. What? The righteous requirement of the law. He fulfilled in us. At the cross, the work was done, and it is fulfilled in saving us. It's all the more reason when I spend time with the Lord, I spend time in His Word. I was telling staff this a couple weeks ago. I don't think I really ever talked about it before, but normally speaking, if I spend any kind of 
actual time with the Lord in prayer, studying His Word, there comes a point for me personally, I'm not saying this needs to happen in everybody's thing or whatever, but there comes a point for me personally where I kind of break emotionally. Usually it comes with tears, to be quite honest with you. But what happens in that, that I have begun to learn about myself over the years, is that it is the response of my spirit being aware of how terrible of a person I am, yet how good God has been to me to save me despite my sin, that while I was still a sinner, that Christ died for me. And that response comes out with this emotion. At the cross, the work was done. And it is fulfilled in saving us. He could have done this a million different ways. He chose for the work to be completed in us from the gift that He gave in His Son. I think that's unbelievable. The flesh itself is a trap. We can't walk in it. That's one of the the things that he's saying here. He's saying, you know, that the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. That is seeking the Lord. Talking about daily, talking about hourly, talking about by the minute. That we're seeking the Lord, asking the Lord to lead us, guide us in what it looks like to live our lives, right? Flesh is a trap. It's a trap. You've seen the thing, it's a trap, right? I told Jeff Crow one time, I was like, your, you know, your little gun room, you go in where you got all these guns for sale, he's a gun dealer in our church. I was like, I was like, you need to put up a sign, and he did, uh, after I told him that has the it's a trap. You know, you walk in, you're just like, Oh, I think I need to buy something today. I don't know. Right? It's a trap. We will lose this battle against sin if we are not walking according to the Spirit. In the Spirit may also be the way we want to look at it. You know, that we're following along in the Spirit of God, asking Him to lead us. So what do you do? What do we do as Christians? What do we do? How do we fight off sin? What does that look like? Glad you asked. Actually, just talking about this this past, this past Tuesday in our men's Bible study, and went back to a passage in James chapter 4, verse 7. And it's this reminder that the Holy Spirit empowers us to resist the schemes of the devil. And it says this in James 4, 7. It says, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. What? I mean, we don't have to like, just like get ready for like full on battle with the devil. No. What's it say? Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Flee. Run away. Leave you. Gone. Why? Because we've submitted ourselves to the Lord. And that's exactly what Paul's talking about here. That the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to to the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit 
We see things differently. In fact, we repel sin differently. The work that God has done in us is this crazy thing that has this effect on our lives as a whole. I end up in some crazy situations from time to time. Um, one of those situations uh, was many years back now when I got a phone call one day from one of our police officers in the church. He said, Chris, there's a lady that I responded to. He said, I cannot talk about the details of anything, but it's, it's a terrible situation. It is a domestic abuse situation. I am so in fear for her life right now. And he said, but Chris, there's only so much that I can do. He said, she said she knows you. So I'm trying to get her to call you and reach out to you so that you can hopefully maybe intervene in some way and try to help this lady. Um, he eventually convinced her of doing this. I did know her. She'd been a part of our church at times and uh, just a, a sweet young lady. And she was in a domestic abuse situation where just even that day uh, had literally been beat and then grabbed her by the hair, yanked her through the house, down a set of steps, into a garage where he continued to beat her. Before the day was over with, we managed to convince her that we wanted to help and that she needed to leave, but she just, she was, I just don't know where I'm going to go, I don't know what I'm going to do. There's all these questions in those moments, you know, I don't know what he's going to do. You know, the, the police had already been there. The police were afraid, obviously, they were going to, he was going to come back. Just a, just a really bad situation. In the middle of all this, the thing that like was the biggest hang-up was she did not have a vehicle of her own. <laughs> I put out on Facebook that day, folks, this is why you want to be a part of a church who loves Jesus and loves people, okay? I put it out on Facebook. It's my personal Facebook. Or maybe it was on the member, the member page, which is a private page. I don't, I don't know. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. But I put it out there that I needed a car, <laughs> Just needed a car that I could just give to somebody. I thought, man, this is a long shot. And I was just sitting there praying. I get a phone call. And one of our guys, he says, I got a car. And I said, you are going with me today. And we're going to this lady's house. And I tell him the situation. Um, and we get ready to go. And we take off. And we go. The police know that we're going over there. We've asked them to circle the area, kind of keep an eye on things or whatever. We get over there, and, I mean, just just a terrible situation, just to be honest with you. A little baby involved. I mean, just, just, a, just heartbreaking to see someone go through something like this and to believe that it's okay, you know, that the, that the brainwashing that had continued for so much time had just gotten her to believe this was normal. We finally get her things from the house, we pack this car. I mean, we have packed this car to no end. We end up getting her some stuff over the days ahead. But I got to tell you that my favorite part of the whole thing was being able to look at her at the very end of all that and say, you're safe now. And that is what Jesus has done for us. We are safe in his salvation. It ain't going anywhere. We can't lose it.
God didn't just do this to make us safe, though. Although he did make us safe. He did it that we might live holy lives. Committed to him. Following him. Him working through us. Seeking him. Becoming more like him every day. Equipping us the way he wants to equip us. Not us walking in the flesh, us walking in the Spirit. Knowing that we need Him to seek Him, to submit ourselves to Him every day, all the time, and He will change us. And then, then, we will choose victory over sin. The question I have for you today is, are you safe now? Are you safe now? Has... Jesus saved you? Have you trusted in Him, the work of Christ, to move in your life in such a way? Have you believed in Him? I hope so, but if not, I'm going to pray. And when we pray, you can ask God, you can ask Jesus to save you today. And we're going to do that now. And then we're going to take communion together. Let's pray together. God, we come to You right now and we ask... Lord, for anyone, Lord, that's sitting here that has never trusted in You, believed in You, for whatever reason it is in their life, God, I pray that today You would move in their heart, that You would help them to see their need for You. God, I pray that You that You would save them today. God, I pray that they would cry out to You on their own, Lord. May they cry out to You today, God, just asking You. Lord, save me today. Forgive me of my sins today. Make me a new person today. God, do that work as they have believed in You and trusted in You. Do that work in them today. God, thank You for what You've done for us. Thank You for giving us a way. A way to be forgiven. Thank You for loving us when we didn't deserve it. Thank You for helping us to see it's not something that we earn, but a gift that You have given to us. God, may our lives respond to those truths in ways that change the world around us for Your glory, for Your good. We ask this today in Your Son's name. Amen.